0: Good afternoon, and welcome into the Inside Edge NFL podcast. I am your host, Daniel Conmey, alongside Colin Anderson. Colin, hello. Hello. And we are back for the wildcard round we missed last week because of, uh, I guess, just kind of extenuating circumstances with Tamar Hamlin, with the Buffalo Bills. He uh, really suffered a heart attack on the field, was resuscitated, uh, went to the hospital. Went over to Buffalo. I'm sure you guys have all heard this news by this point, especially if you're listening to this exact podcast about football. But he's healthy. We just didn't feel in the right spot or frame to uh, talk about sports in, in such a you know a difficult time for for an individual as a human being. But we are back this week for our wild card round. So no recap from last week. We are going to jump right into all the games. Usually we have some pickums where we talk about the games we like and then some of the games we want to stay away from. This week, Colin, we are just going to pick all of them. And why don't we start off with the Seahawks and 49ers. The 49ers at this time are 9.5-point favorites. Who do you have in the game?
1: Yeah, uh, looks like we're, we're both on the 49ers here um, as as 9.5-point favorites. I really I really thought about Seahawks. I saw a plus 10, and, but I, I just couldn't get myself to do it. Um, it sounds like it'll be a little ugly with some rain. I know the, the central Northern California have been dealing with a lot of rain lately, uh, but here, so 49ers are probably the best rushing team in the NFL with CMC. Um, and then Elijah Mitchell and Debo are both back. So I like them to run against a pretty bad rush defense in the Seahawks and, and cover that, that nine and a half.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to kind of echo that, they just kind of are a well-oiled machine. I think I've heard a lot of people talk about just the variability of all their weapons. I mean, it's very much a plug-and-play quarterback, especially with Brock Purdy that they have in there. And while the Seahawks have have been impressive on the offensive side of the ball, I think this 49ers defense is the best one left in the field uh, this year. And I don't, I don't really think anyone would think twice about arguing that point.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely a good D, and and I know we haven't seen Purdy in the playoffs, so who knows, but like you said, they're kind of well a machine, and and we haven't seen Geno either, so we'll we'll see what happens in the, in the quarterback play in that game. Yeah,
0: all right, so we agree with that one. Pretty simple, I agree. Uh, 49ers probably will cover that 9.5-point spread, uh, and realistically, we have on our sites, we have that game as a three-star game, and we are picking – the 49ers at nine and a half points. So something to go along. We are going to talk about our inside edge reasons uh, and, and realistically our our reasons model uh, and what teams and games they like. And the first one is the Niners at nine and a half. We like that as a three-star pick. Uh, Three star given that that's our confidence level, five star the most, one star the least. So something to keep in mind when we talk about these and then also bring into account uh, those picks. All right, our next game is Chargers at Jaguars. The Chargers are road favorites, and the Jaguars are two-and-a-half-point dogs right now. Really, we've seen this go towards the Chargers. I believe this line started at one point in the Chargers' favor. Excuse me, they're one-point favorites, and now they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. So seems like there's a lot of money going to the Chargers. How do you feel about that, Colin?
1: I like the Chargers here. Um, I, I think it did start at one, and then it, it was up to a pick'em, and now, it, yeah, it's back to the Chargers, so I'm not sure what happened there. I don't think there's been any injury news, uh, but I, I do like the Chargers here. I think um, their defense has looked better recently, um, albeit bad teams they've played, but uh, Jags' pass defense is 28th in passing yards and 30th in pass DOA, DVOA, so uh, I like Herbert here in this spot. Uh, should be a fun game, high scoring, and then, yeah, Lawrence obviously his first playoff game and and we've sort of he was hot in the middle of the year everyone was sort of coming on him and then uh, the last few games he's he's kind of brought down that production a little bit just one passing touchdown and and he's actually fumbled in his last four games as well so we'll see but I uh, i like the chargers here
0: And I'm going to be the opposite. I do like the Jaguars, especially at two and a half points, especially as that line's moving towards the Chargers way. They did play each other in week three. That seems like a lifetime ago. And the Jaguars went into Los Angeles and won 38 to 10. Now, previous results definitely can change things. Uh, Injuries were definitely a part of that previous game. Uh, The Chargers have a healthy cast of offensive talent, especially if Michael Williams can come back from those back spasms he suffered in week 18. Uh, they'll have Allen Eckler and Williams. I think I would take that trio over the Jaguars trio of maybe Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, and Travis Etienne. Would those be your top three threats for the Jaguars? But uh, I think Doug Peterson can call a better offensive game. So Justin Herbert's probably going to have to do a lot of it on his own. He's going to have to make plays while Trevor Lawrence, I think, will be in a better system. Uh, and, and the system will... Hopefully, in in my sake, uh, kind of play out where the Jaguars kind of get away, you know, Doug Doug Peterson's in his bag of tricks and pulling out uh, very easy completions and they get the ball rolling quickly. All right, moving on to our Sunday games. The first Sunday game will be Dolphins at Bills. It was uh, said earlier in the week that Tuataga Valoa will not be playing in this game because of still some concussion symptoms. Uh, we hope he just gets healthy in general. Obviously, having a a third concussion, second deemed by the league, uh, it's very important that he gets healthy for that. Uh, this line started around nine points with some some chatter, some smoke around Tua probably not playing, and now it's ballooned up to a thirteen point spread with the Bills being favored. Colin, who do you have in this game?
1: Yeah, I like the, I like the Bills as long as it stays under fourteen. Um... Yeah, with no Tua and probably no Teddy, I'm not sure Skylar Thompson can can get it done. So, uh, um, I like the Bills. I don't think they can keep up with them. And uh, you 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 have more information here as a, as you're a Bills fan, but I, in recent memory, it seems like the Bills have always um, handled the Dolphins pretty well.
0: Um, Not this year, I would say. Obviously, the the Dolphins won uh, in Miami for a myriad of reasons. If you want to be a complaining uh, Bills fan, you could say the heat, the injuries, um, and then they came up here and it was actually a one-score close game against them uh, in a snowy Buffalo. But that was with a a more healthy or a healthier uh, Dolphins team. Having Tua out, I think he just functions so well in that offense is with throwing on time. Not that Skylar Thompson can't, but there's a huge drop off there. Tua really showed he's impressive when he's throwing in rhythm. And while the Dolphins defense has slowed down Josh Allen, he still gets a lot, a lot of, of value in points, it seems like, for his team. And um, I'm going to reference last year, Josh Allen turned into just an unbelievable, unbelievable force in the playoffs. I know they lost to the Chiefs with 13 seconds left, yada yada yada. But that's not his fault. As a as a quarterback, I think as a quarterback, he he really sh- has shown in very important games, and this is a big one. You know, it's it's to likely play the Ravens or Bengals, um, in in the next round. So I like the yeah. Bills here,
1: and Go and me. just going off that too, I think it's not a question of whether they're going to move the ball and score. I think. What could come back to hurt them is, is the turnovers. So right. hopefully they limit that and limit the, the big plays off of turnovers. And then if that's the case, I think easily have 13 covers.
0: Yeah, and then the one thing I would look out for if you are thinking about the Dolphins is them uh, shortening the game. They ran really well last week. They ran pretty well against the, the Bills in Buffalo the t- the last time they played each other. If they can run the ball and, and kind of eat clock, then 13 points is going to be really difficult to, to get to. Or to get two for the bills so something to think about if you are thinking about the dolphins
1: one thing to note on that too is is both the running backs are questionable. question that is true raheem mostert, mostert i think they had a
0: broken yeah. thumb or uh yep yep
1: yeah wilson seems like he's gonna play but he was limited yesterday
0: well and i guess it turns back into you know how much do running backs actually matter or is it scheme so we'll see uh on that front All right, let's move to the second game on the Sunday slate, and that is the Giants at Vikings. The Vikings are currently three-point favorites at home here in Minneapolis. Colin, our resident Vikings fan, who do you got?
1: I got to stick with the homer pick and and take the Vikings here. Um, We saw this game on Christmas Eve three weeks ago, Um, so we do have a little bit of information here, and that actually ended in a three-point Vikings win. Um, so this, it should be high scoring in, in the Dome. Both teams move the ball easily last meeting. Um, so I think this game could come down to, to red zone offense or, like I talked about earlier, the, the turnovers. So um, we'll see. But but I do like the Vikes' ability to move the ball. In. And one thing about our defense, about the only good thing about our defense, is we do tighten up in the red zone. So hopefully a couple of big plays go our way and, and we can take it by... More than three.
0: Yeah, that's I think one thing I would I would go against. I know you said they tighten up in the red zone. I'd just say the Giants will move the ball pretty well. It just very much turns into you can't make those field goals. You have to turn those into touchdowns. It's where the game will be won and lost. And then I think another thing that will happen. I know Daniel Jones has kind of been compared to Josh Allen in some ways when it comes to his running. He's not him on the passing side, but Brian Dable is the offensive was the offensive coordinator for Josh Allen, now the head coach for Daniel Jones. I think he's going to run a little bit more often with uh, with him uh, as, as the QB, and we saw that with Josh Allen in previous years in Buffalo. So, you know, it's kind of the break uh, break glass in case of emergency. Guess what? The playoffs, it's always an emergency. You always got to move the ball. So I think that's why the Giants will actually uh, win against the spread here uh, in, in either Lose by less than three, or actually win the game outright. Actually, uh, this could be a one of the upsets of, of the weekend here. I know you don't like me saying that, Colin. I know I'm supposed to be <laughs> nice to you about uh, you know the Vikings, but the line's interesting. It happens, yeah. yeah, the line's interesting. That's for sure. All right, let's move to another bigger line, and that's Ravens at Bengals. The Bengals are favored by eight and a half points. It seems at this moment on Thursday morning. That uh lamar jackson probably won't be playing we'll see it seems to be the pcl still has some swelling now some people would want to argue it's because the contract or lack of contract for lamar jackson we don't want to speculate all too much i know i just did so not very good good on my part but if he's not playing can the ravens defense kind of slow down the Bengals to make this a gross game
1: Yeah, um it definitely seems like he's not playing. He hasn't practiced in a month and a half, so um I think it could be ugly. Uh the Ravens play slow and and have been much better on the on the defensive side since that Roquan trade earlier in the year, so Right. I I also don't trust them to score much. I've I've said this multiple times, but I think they have the best, worst red zone offense in the league, and I did actually look it up in their 31st, only in front of the Patriots, so even if they score a few times, hopefully it's just field goals, and and uh, and I like the Bengals here. So um, they've been rolling, and and uh, what is it, eight eight in a row? They won at home um, against Anthony Brown or yeah. Tyler Huntley.
0: Yeah, um, probably Anthony Brown, given that Tyler Huntley isn't practicing either.
1: So hopefully hopefully the Bengals can score enough to, to cover that 8.5, but, but the over-under has dropped to around 40, so the Bengals will have to probably score 24 to get there.
0: Yeah, and something to note, I think two of Joe Burrow's worst games this season have come against the Ravens. That one was in Week 18 when things were relatively in the bag. Uh, but the Ravens in week five, he went 24 for 35 with just 217 yards. So not a lot of yards per completion there with a touchdown and an interception. So I think the Ravens defense might give Joe Burrow fits. And I think they might have a way to stop him. And if not stop him entirely, at least slow him down. So that's something I'm looking for as I'm on the Ravens side. And I really think that'll be it. Low scoring game if the, if the total is around 40 points it's gonna be really hard to get to win by more than eight eight and a half so that's what i'm looking for maybe a 17 13 victory for for the uh for the Bengals. i do still think they win the game but i don't think they win by more than eight and a half so
1: just something to note last year is last year but against baltimore they scored uh 41 in both games and he threw for uh for 525 yards in one of them with four touchdowns new defensive coordinator We'll see. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see.
0: We'll um, see. All right. Now let's move on to the, I believe the only Monday game this year, and that is Cowboys at Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are two and a half point underdogs at home, as I believe they're coming in with a losing record at eight and nine, but won the NFC South, which is just a, a tough division to say the least. And they are against the Cowboys who have quite quite a good record, but Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles won the NFC East. So who do you have in this game?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting game. Um, I think I like the Cowboys at, at plus two and a half, um, even though they are on the road. Um, they've, they've proven to, to be a pretty good road team, and um, they just run the ball much more effectively than, than the Buccaneers. So I hope they can control the game that way and and get off to a quick start. Tampa Bay seems to seems to often get off to slow starts. Yeah, and then throw the ball forty times in the second half. So, so we'll see. Um, I, I I like the Cowboys here for sure, though.
0: Yeah, I do too. I think their rushing attack is very important or impressive. I would say, and then also just they they struggled in Week eighteen against against the Commanders, and I think Mike Mike McCarthy said it's just kind of a throw throw out the tape type of game, and hopefully that's what they do and just move on and say, hey, you know what. We were trying some different things maybe, something was different there, and I think they could very easily win by two and a half points, if not uh, if not a touchdown or more. So I feel pretty confident in the, the Cowboys' offense. The Cowboys' defense, I think, can be a little bit feast or famine at times. We'll see how it goes, um, and Tom Brady could dink and dunk his way down the field, uh, but he will definitely be passing, or at least I think he will be passing a lot, so...
1: I got a trivia question for you. Ooh, okay. All right. Guess how many times the Buccaneers have hit their implied team total this year?
0: Can you explain that a little bit further?
1: So an, an implied team total is based on the overall and then the spread. So in this case, the overall t- total is 45 points, right. which would make their implied 21. So the implied game score would be 24-21. Okay.
0: Yeah. How many times have hit their implied team total then this year yep. out of 18 games? I want to say like seven times.
1: Three. Three,
0: really? It it didn't come down much late in the year? Okay. So they're always underperforming, is what you're
1: telling me. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. But obviously this line bakes that in, so hard to say. But it's just something to note that that how much they have disappointed on the offensive side this year. I will
0: say one thing to keep in mind, and this is something maybe I would live bet, is if the Buccaneers go into a hurry-up offense— Watch out, because I Tom Brady and like them moving the ball quickly and it's more play action and it's more they're just throwing the ball and it's just kind of an on time thing. He did this all the time in New England. They can actually play play really well. The issue, of course, is Byron Leftwich thinks you know you need to establish the run, and then that you know they're horrible on first and ten runs, right? So let him let him cook basically, or let him throw the ball, let him do kind of more a more creative offense, and I think they could flourish. So. That's something to keep in mind. If you do want to bet the buck on your side, maybe that's a live bet, something like that. They get down early, you feel confident about them coming back, but that's where I'm at with that.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. They it seems like they should just abandon the run. I don't you know, every every person in football always says, you know, run to pass, but but uh maybe they should flip that over and take the take the Bills aspect there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean I think the numbers kinda of bear that out it, it's not worth running to pass definitely pass to run if you if you're passing is a more impressive part of your offense and uh, when you have mike evans and chris godwin on the outside i think that's pretty uh, a pretty good decision so all right well that's all our picks for the wild card round we differ a lot we'll quickly go over the inside edge picks uh we have a five-star pick in the chargers jaguars game and we are picking the jaguars the dolphins bills we also have a five-star but with our reasons model, we had that five-star at nine points. So keep that in mind. That's probably not a five-star any longer with a 13-point line. So bet, uh, better beware at that point. The Giants and Vikings, we have the Vikings at three, uh, at uh, three-point favorites winning that game. That is a, just a two-star pick. And then Ravens at Bengals, we have that as a Ravens win at eight-and-a-half points and then our final one of the evening is Cowboys at Buccaneers. Now that one is a one star pick and we have the Cowboys at two and a half. So something to keep in mind at that two and a half. I think Colin you and I like it a lot the reasons model less so. So that he kind of they kind of have that as a pickup So that's what we have. That's what our our reasons model has and uh have fun betting this weekend. That's for sure. And we're going to move over to our DFS picks. So we are going to do a full weekend slate. That'll be Saturday to Monday. And we're going to pick just a, two people, each of us, uh, that we like uh, for various reasons on on each team. So, Colin, why don't you start us off?
1: Yeah, I'll go to uh, a running back at 6,300, Travis Etienne Jr., um, a nice little bounce back candidate against a bad rush defense Uh in the Chargers, who ranked 29th on uh, EPA per play, um, and it's a, it's a home game. Probably disappointed you last week if you played him against a good Tennessee front seven with just uh, 5.4 DK points, but he has seen those red zone touches, so I think his touchdown should come up. He only has five this year, and he hasn't scored in a, in a handful of weeks, I believe, Um one touchdown in his last about seven weeks, so hopefully he can get in the end zone again, but I, I think he's an effective runner. Chargers allow a lot of rushing yards, and, you know, you hopefully those those targets continue to, to come. We saw a little more earlier in the year, but he's seeing about three a game since, um, and I think it's a good way to get off of the Trevor Lawrence stacks um, in that game, you know, a little leverage that way, and then also, I think if Mike Williams doesn't play, I, I love a a little Travis Etienne, Keenan Allen, Skinny Stack, or or even Palmer in that case too. So,
0: yeah, I like Etienne a lot, and I think uh, and you talked about it. He's not necessarily touchdown dependent, which is a nice thing at least to to raise that floor. And then if he can't get into the end zone, that uh, that really helps bolster his uh, his point total for the week. So I like Etienne. He's definitely in one of my lineups. Uh, I'm going to go to a quarterback. It is the quarterback of the team I cheer for, and that is Josh Allen. He is so much more expensive than everyone else on the slate. He's at 7,900. I believe the next quarterback is Joe Burrow at 6,600. Colin, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that's where I would be going. And the reason for that is because he's playing the Dolphins. Uh, Earlier in the year, even when it was a disappointing game uh, uh, in week three, if I'm not mistaken, he scored 30.7 DK points, and then against Miami, in Buffalo, he scored 39.86 points. He has always torched the Dolphins in a DraftKings point of view. I've talked uh, earlier this podcast about how I just think he's, uh, he's quite a playoff performer um, from that standpoint. There will likely be a break, cla- uh, break glass in case of emergency type of running attack with him too. I expect him to run a bit more, which just really, really skyrockets that, that option for for a really really high score game, and would not be surprised if he gets a rushing touchdown. So any any reasons to not pick Josh Allen? Call that I've not already covered.
1: Pick reasons to not pick him. You mentioned earlier the the Dolphins could um, come out and run the ball often, which would limit his looks. Um, but but I like Josh Allen a lot. You mentioned his numbers against the Dolphins this year, uh, which were obviously elite. He's at seventy nine hundred, which is a discount on him, for unknown reasons. He hasn't been under eight k since week eight against Green Bay. Um. So yeah, I think he's definitely worth the the uptick in in price among others. What is he's a thousand more expensive than the the QB two, but uh, that's definitely a bargain still at seventy nine hundred. And that the second Miami game was. Was the snow game too right? And he still put up. Yeah, snow at the points? end. Snow
0: snow occurred in 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 the fourth quarter. So that one wasn't a full snow game, but
1: <laughs> they 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 said it was going to be right. Is that the yeah, there's that was there's like, a crazy? lot
0: of uh, a lot of conversation. that up, up the It was just at the end of the game, which is kind of fun. But uh, who doesn't love a snow game? It always looks very uh very pretty. Okay, well, why don't we hop over to you and uh, your your tight end pick that you like.
1: Yeah, another another homer pick here in TJ Hawkinson at fifty one hundred. He's tight end three according to Price, um, but I think I think he has a high floor and and high upside, and I believe he's the best play on the slate. Um, we see Kittle at a thousand more, but but I think a touchdown regression is coming for him. Uh, he's had seven in the last four weeks on. 18 catches, so it's that that doesn't seem like it'll <laughs> it'll keep happening, especially in a in a rain game. But who knows? Um, and then Andrews is still more expensive than him, and, and he's just been pretty much flat out bad, minus the 100 yard performance in week 17. He hasn't scored more than 12 points since since week six. Yeah. So QB play matters there. Um, yep, yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and then it's Hawkinson at 5100, and and since he was traded to the Vikings, he's averaging. 9.4 targets a game, which is more than Travis Kelsey, and it's actually seventh overall among all pass catchers. So that type of floor doesn't doesn't come very often at 5100. Um, and we saw this game a few weeks ago, which he went 13 catches on 16 targets for 109 yards and two touchdowns. So hopefully the Giants don't make too many adjustments, but I think with with Justin Jefferson being Commanding all that attention, it opens up for a little bit on Hawkinson and, and those little button routes for, for 10 yards of play, and, and he's seeing that red zone usage too, so so I'm going there a lot.
0: Yeah, even if you take away those two touchdowns against the Giants, I think that's a that's a banner day for any tight end this year, especially with the low, how low scoring it's been other than Travis Kelsey. So I like TJ Hawkinson here a lot. That's, uh, that seems like a good play. And uh, w- another nice thing, weather is not an issue. Uh, in a domed game like that so i don't think there's too many weather issues outside of san francisco or santa clara but uh something to keep in mind is always pay attention to the weather all right my uh i'm gonna label this colin the risky pick of the week uh mainly because of the lack of uh, on-field time this player saw and that's elijah mitchell at 4700 he had two touchdowns last week colin and i think you know this but i'm gonna ask anyway how many offensive snaps did he have
1: we, we talked about it earlier, so I do know, but, but just 10 snaps.
0: Yeah, so just 10 snaps, two touchdowns, and I believe he had five carries for 50 yards. So uh, quite an efficient day for Elijah Mitchell last week. He is now running back two on the San Francisco 49ers with CMC, Christian McCaffrey, as the number one running back there. I think they run the ball well. You kind of brought this up when we talked about the Seahawks 49ers game. I think they run the ball well. I think they get up early. Maybe they rest Christian McCaffrey a little bit. Maybe they run Elijah Mitchell more. The only concern would be how much are they willing to run him off of an injury? So something to keep in mind, he's 4700 He's super cheap. It allows you to uh, go different areas on your team. He might be a, a, a popular pick, Colin. You might know more about that than I do. But uh, that's, that's where I would want to go with a riskier pick at a, at a cheaper price.
1: Yeah, I'll just jump in a few thoughts. I, I like it, too. We talked about earlier how good of a rushing offense they are and how bad of a rushing defense Seahawks are. Um, and then you add in the fact that Purdy's inexperienced and they probably will just try to run the ball down their throat in a in a rainy, um, gross kind of weather game. So I like him a ton. He's Every time he's been healthy, he's ran the ball well. I mean, this right. year he's averaging six-some yards a carry. Uh, which is impressive I I mean on 45 attempts so take that for what it's worth but but yeah I think they'll continue to work him in and we saw it when McCaffrey got traded here but he had 18 carries in that game and everyone was like wait a minute like why is McCaffrey not getting all these touches so I think there's potential there they've proven last week to use him in the red zone and and then something to note too McCaffrey has been dealing with a a sore knee, and uh, he's practicing limited fashion. So he'll suit up, but but might be an excuse to to get Mitchell a few more touches.
0: There we go. That's all. Uh, that all makes sense to me. So those are our four picks. Uh, you know, we're not going to live and die blind, but Josh Allen, Elijah Mitchell, Travis Etienne Jr., and T.J. Hawkinson are our four picks that we really like this week. Let's move on over to our stacks. So we are. This is basically a QP stack we like. Uh, along with a couple of players to stack with them on the wide receiver, running back, or tight end side. Colin, how about we start off with you?
1: Yeah, um, my stack of the week is going to be the the New York Giants. So I'm sticking in that in that Minnesota Giants game here. Um, a note I saw on the Fantasy Footballers podcast earlier this week was that Minnesota home games are averaging combined 52 points per game this season, which oh, wow. is second most to the NFL. So. Yeah. We talk about that dome advantage and, and how much it affects the, the point total. So there you go. Um, and I've been talking about it all podcasts, but we, we saw this game in week 16 and Jones threw 42 times for 334 yards and, and just one touchdown, but 25 DK points, which is very respectable, especially at 5,600. Um, and then even though he didn't showcase it in that game, he does have that rushing upside. Um just his last game, he was 11 for 91 and two touchdowns. Plus, we've seen that in a few other games. He definitely has the rushing touchdown upside, with I think six this year, um, and he's he's priced all the way down to 5600, which is the 10th most expensive QB nice. on this slate. And he actually finished as QB nine among all quarterbacks this year. So just right there, you're getting a little a little bargain. Um, so I, I like. The giant stack. I'd go to, obviously Jones, and then Saquon is the number one. He has seen plenty of targets, including ten in that Minnesota game, so he's definitely viable there. And then you just kind of have to take a take a pick on one of his three receivers, who are all priced between thirty nine and forty two hundred. Um, That's so. Hodgett,
0: Slayton or Richie James.
1: Yep. Yep, And then obviously there's a ton of runback options with the Vikings, too. I mentioned I like Hawkinson a lot earlier. Jefferson is um, wide receiver one. And then I actually like KJ Osborne a decent amount, too. He's, they've been incorporating him a lot more, especially um, the last few weeks, kind of over Thielen. He's just a little bit more explosive and kind of has that big play upside. Yep.
0: Yep. That that seems like a very, uh, very good game to key in on. Uh, for a lot of DraftKings points is that that game, and you brought up obviously Daniel Jones's numbers. Man, Russian quarterbacks it really helps. You know, it really brings up that floor, like, like you said. He said QB nine on the whole season. Yep. For for DK points, yeah, that's that's quite impressive that he was QB nine. Uh, when you think of how people f- think or feel about him as a true quarterback, but uh, obviously we're not living in the real world. This is a, a fantasy sport, so. Uh, yeah,
1: QB, QB nine with. With thirty-two hundred passing yards and fifteen touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, so that tells you the rushing.
0: Yeah, that's it's quite interesting. All right, well, I'll stick with the homer pick, and I'll go with the Buffalo Bills. And this is mainly, I think, it would be more of a skinnier stack. But I just go Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and then take your pick with another option. Uh, I will be likely taking taking Dawson Knox. Uh, I, I know, Colin, you you talked up TJ Hawkinson maybe it's a, a too tight end set for me here but uh I just there's a lot of upside with Dawson Knox they just don't utilize him the way I think they could be utilized but I'm holding on that he's gonna he's gonna finally break out you know have like a five for 90 with a touchdown you know that doesn't sound crazy for a, a tight end but it's it's enough you know given the, the scarcity of the position uh this season and then you just have to go Stefan Diggs he's the only consistent target. That josh allen goes to that is consistently catching the ball his reception rate compared to uh, gabe davis is off the charts and obviously they hooked up uh, last week with a nice long 49 yard touchdown expect him to get a lot of targets i don't think especially with the injuries the dolphins are going to be able to cover digs for a full game uh, and then those are the only two really uh, options i i fully like gabe davis is inconsistent. He could absolutely have a pop off game. He had that against the Steelers and earlier in the season. You know, we had two very long touchdowns. I think like a ninety eight and a sixty yarder. But there's a lot of risk there. So that's that's where I would go with with the Bill stack. Would be an Allen, Diggs, Knox with uh, Knox with a little bit less upside. And then Diggs has a nice high floor.
1: Yeah, I we talked you talked about Allen earlier, but uh, I think in a He's definitely a very safe cash play, and then in that case, you wouldn't really have to stack him, because we have talked about this in the past, he is he is a tough one to stack due to the amount of options they have, right? Um, and it doesn't help that they probably won't make a difference, but they have brought back John Brown and Cole Beasley, so there's just more bodies there. Absolutely. Um, but... But yeah, Diggs is the obvious target in, in a GPP, and, and if you're going that route in a GPP, it does make sense to get Davis in there, even though he, he is kind of boomer bust, but you're playing for the booms there. So, yep. And then I think on the other side, you're going to get an ownership discount on the receivers, Hill and Waddle, so if you want to run it back with one of them, in, a, in the sense that they're going to be down and having to throw, and they're both big time um, after-the-catch guys, so... I think there's some upside there too.
0: Yeah. If Skylar Thompson can hit Hill or Waddle in stride on a slant, that could be a touchdown. You know, it could be easily a, a five to 10 yard slant that turns into a touchdown. So yep. uh, that's something to, to look out for. That's what happened in uh, the last time they played. I think Waddle took a, a very simple ball for for 70 plus yards uh, off a of play like that. So uh, keep that in mind when you're thinking about those, those Dolphins receivers. All right, any other things on the dfs side column before we move on to some player props
1: uh no not not off the top man
0: yeah all right well, good luck with uh all your your dfs this weekend and let's move over to our last section of the podcast the player prop section we'll each have one player prop we really like this weekend and i'm going to start this one and mine is the tom brady over on pass completions and the only reason i am picking this well, there's a couple reasons. I shouldn't say the only reason. Uh, one, I think they're going to play from behind. So I think they're, they're going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. I think the Buccaneers' rushing offense is poor. So they would rely on passing anyway. And then I'm going to state some numbers of pass attempts from Tom Brady from week 12 to week 17. Kind of omitting week 18 because that was a special case against the Panthers. Didn't really matter. The uh, The Buccaneers already had everything locked up. So week 12, 43 pass attempts, 13 14-55, 15-44, 16-48, and seventeen forty-five. In all of those games, he had 28 or more pass completions. Tom Brady's arm might fall off, but he's going to throw the ball 50 times, right? I mean, it just seems like it's it's kind of set in stone, or not 50, but at least 45, it seems. so. Uh, and and, yeah, and it- he'll have those easy completions, I think.
1: So. Yep, they definitely favor the short passes. I was going to mention in Week 18, he he played until it was 5.38 in the second quarter. So even in 20 minutes of gameplay, he, he was 13 of 17. So he yep. would have gotten there if he, if he did play. There you go. Um, but yeah, I like that a lot. I'll, I'll move over to mine if, if you're done there. Yep. Um, I like Brandon Ayuk over, over three and a half catches. Uh, it's minus 120 right now. I think you're just kind of getting a, a discount here. They're getting some weapons back. It's a rain game. Um, and and like we talked about earlier, they might they might lean towards running more often than, than the throws. But but he's hit it in three straight games. Um, he sort of goes underrated in a sense. He he was over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns this year. So he really did kind of have that, that breakout year a you know, long ways from, what was it, the beginning of last year where he was in the doghouse? I sure was, yeah. Um, but but yeah, they they really trust him. Debo's still banged up. He plays nearly every snap, and he's seen four four more targets in in all but two games this season. So, I do like that that just three and a half number for him.
0: Yeah, you don't need to tell me twice. I love Brandon Ayuk. So, I I think I'll be all, all over that this weekend. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I think three and a half is quite low for him. I would have thought that would be at four and a half. Um, but that's great. All right, so two easy ones. Basically, you can cash them now, right, Colin? That's how it works?
1: That is how it works.
0: All right. Well, we've been pretty good with our player props this, this year, so I, I would say that uh, we, we felt pretty good about all of them. Uh, just a couple losses here and there for, you know, extenuating circumstances, so... All right, that'll be it for us on the Inside Edge NFL podcast for our wildcard weekend. We had all six games picked, and we had our DFS stacks and player props. Any lasting words of wisdom, Colin, before we send everyone off to enjoy their football this weekend?
1: No, it should should be a fun weekend. Wildcard weekend is always one of the, the best weekends of the year for football. So a, a pretty good slate of games. Um, in a nice little it's always nice when they're separated like that it's like little six primetime games yeah so
0: yeah so if you have nothing else to do is say get comfortable on that couch all right that is it for us i'm dan Kami. enjoy the rest of your day and have fun betting